2: Welcome to Play to Win, where we play to win. I'm Dylan. I'm Tyler. And I'm Cameron. This week, we're here to do a top 10 cards for CEDH from Commander Legends to Baldur's Gate. So we're going to get started, of course, the way every single top 10 list does. With cards that aren't in the top 10. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Honorable mentions instead. B.N. Yeah. Our first honorable mention we're gonna go over is called Campfire. Um, This is a one mana artifact that you can tap and pay one mana to gain two life. CEDH staple already. And then you can pay two mana and tap it and exile campfire to put all commanders you own from the command zone and from the graveyard into your hand, then shuffle your graveyard into your library.
1: This is a fun way to get around Drannith Magistrate, or if your commander has been killed a thousand times, maybe this is an option. Godot plays a commander beacon, which is a land, which is much better than this, but this is close to that effect.
0: Yeah, if a deck wanted two commander beacons, which I think zero of them do, this would be it. <laughs> you can tutor it off of
1: Urza Saga, which Godo
0: already plays. It's probably not going to see
1: play, that's why it's an honorable mention, but it does. Something that of a card that sees a tiny bit of play. So. I
2: think the Dranith Magistrate thing is probably what's going to come up the most, but um even then, I don't like play Lightning Bolt as your Dranith Magistrate. Yeah, piece Lightning instead. Bolt's better against Dranith Magistrate than yeah. this
0: card. Also in this set, <laughs> as it happens, honorable mention: Lightning Bolt, still a great card. So
2: our last and second, <laughs> <laughs> excellently put. <laughs> our last and second honorable mention is Will with a Y, Blade of the Frontiers. This is one in a red for a legendary creature, Human Warlock. It says, if you would roll one or more dice, instead roll that many dice plus one and ignore the lowest roll. So there, There's more. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Whenever you roll one or more dice, put a plus one, plus one counter on Will, Blade of the Frontiers. Choose a background. It's a one-one. This
1: card probably is not going to see play as is, but it is similar to Kark's Thumb, which is a card that sees play in Kark and Sakashima, which is a deck that really didn't exist a couple years ago until they printed a whole bunch of shit for it. This is something like the coin flipping shit, but with die rolling. So if there are enough dice rolling effects, this card will get better and better and probably one day maybe be good. I do
2: like though that you you, you will be able to play this in your command zone once they do print enough stuff to allow you to actually do this instead. So I think that's a huge upside that Crook's Thumb can't really do. I
0: was just going to say we're on our second card and already I have an issue with how you pronounced it. So we're doing, we're doing great. Mean, we're right on track. will. Wild. I would say that This wild. is wild.
2: There's so many things that replace I's with Y's.
0: You just need to read Lord of the Rings like three times and, and like get those weird phonemes in your head and I then am come back to I'm 30 pages me, right?
2: into the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, and I started it a month ago. One page a day. After that, you're like, oh, God, my head hurts. I saw the movies and they're really good. Let's move that's on to it. the
1: top ten. Let's talk about Lord of the Rings when the Lord of the Rings set comes out because that's actually also going to be oh,
2: happening true. in the future. All right. So uh, our first card, our number ten card is Zvor
0: El... Elutrol. Just let Tyler do it. Zevlor, Eltruel Exile. So this
2: is one, a blue, a black, and a red. For a 4-2 legendary creature, Tiefling Warrior, it has haste. And for two, and tap it, when you next cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets a single opponent or a single permanent an opponent controls this turn, for each other opponent, choose that player or a permanent they control copy that spell, and the spell targets the chosen player or permanent. So
1: this card allows all your spot removal to act towards all of your opponents. That's an effect that I've kind of wanted in Commander for a while, so it's interesting to see it here. It's a Grixis Commander, so it's already playable. I don't know if it's better than the other Grixis Commanders, as always, but if you want to be controlling, I really like this effect, making all of your removal spells hit multiple things.
0: Eventually, those 3-for-1s are going to start stacking up. Yep, and not even the only good case scenario. I mean, just like we saw with which I think is kind of the weird inverse of this card uh, this is great with stuff like intuition because now you get three intuitions also great with uh, praetor's grasp if you're running that you can probably assemble an entire win out of a praetor's grasp that actually can target all of your opponents the only problem is it's gonna cost you six to do it the first time four to cast two to activate um, that's a big cost but um, you know stuff like tox rule before we've talked about it, it's so expensive you know it's never gonna make the cut and actually they still feel very very good at times so Maybe this makes it... Our number nine card is called Rug of Smothering. This is three mana for a
2: 1-3 artifact creature construct. It's an uncommon with flying, and it says whenever a player casts a spell, they lose one life for each spell they've cast this turn. This stops
1: any infinite thing. If you're casting and recasting a million times, this stops a lot of that stuff. Pretty good against ad nauseum type effects as well, and it being an evasive, easy-to-cast creature
2: is also going to be relevant. It's confusing because the decks. That would want this might also run like rule of law effects, in which case that's not necessarily good. So it doesn't necessarily act as a stacks piece that will synergize with all of your other stacks pieces. But what I like about it is that the decks that can't run rule of law will get to be able to play an effect that can stop ad nauseum strategies still personally
0: i still think this is damping spear for one more mana and any benefits of it being a creature are offset by the fact that it can be removed more easily as a creature so i'm not very high on it personally but i also almost never played that kind of effect so what do i know i think another thing to note is like this also helps you get your opponent dead
1: which is like as a stack's Deck, that's what you want to do. You want to get your opponent's deck. So things like Mayhem Devil,
0: That's that card's so good. I think you fundamentally understand stacks. You want to just make your opponents miserable for two and a half hours. That is the reason you play stacks. But... No, incorrect, big disagree. You hold them hostage until their mothers call and ask why they're not home yet.
2: <laughs> All right, num- should, we should be making a bigger deal about the numbers. Yeah, say? definitely, yeah. Number
0: eight, ragga-draga.
2: <laughs> it looks like he just like, snorted a lot like, <laughs> We should make these crazy, number eight a Draga is awesome. This is the Gorgut's boss. Two, a red, and a green for a legendary creature, Human Boar. It's a 4-4 that says each creature you control with a mana ability gets plus two, plus two. Whenever a creature you control with a mana ability attacks untap it. And whenever you cast a spell, if at least seven mana was spent to cast it, untap target creature. It gains plus seven, plus seven, and gains trample until end of turn. Yeah, talk
1: about getting your opponents dead. Plus two, plus two is really big. It doesn't sound like it's that big, but plus two, plus two spread across your, a lot of your board. I mean, when you're playing this deck as your commander, basically your entire deck is going to be mana drugs, I think. Uh, and making them plus two, plus two is huge, having that effect in the command zone. Also, this facilitates aggravated assault wins, which Gruul also like has kind of always wanted to do but doesn't have a great way to set it up doesn't have a great way to find the aggravated assault nonetheless this helps with those if you're attacking with like a bloom tender and a, and a birds of paradise and some mana jerks that make a little bit extra mana you can attack with fewer creatures and get infinite attacks that way and then that big giant plus seven plus seven thing might not come up a ton but maybe sometimes it will.
0: Also makes your uh, Pyroclasms and the like very, very good if you know your creatures are largely going to survive them. It definitely makes those excellent. That's a
1: very good point, yeah. And if you want to be doing like Ponza stuff, like maybe like, I feel like if you want a Ruination deck in CDH, this might be a considerable option. I don't know how good Ruination really is, but this is the deck that would play like Ruination and Collect Your Oof and that type of thing. Like earn 'em, get 'em, Get them, like in the original olden days. Like when you're just playing like oh, yeah. Armageddon and Mana Dorks. This is like the commander that facilitates that strategy. I think this is just the most gruel name ever,
0: yes. by a huge the margin. Most it's, card, not even- it's a
1: pig man, like the, it, everything about it works. Oh Jerry,
2: it's a pig man! <laughs> pig man can take the bus. <laughs> Number seven. Say it bigger, bigger. Number seven is Battle Angels of Tear. This is two and two white for a creature, angel, knight. It's a four four with flying and myriad. Whenever Battle Angels of Tear deals combat damage to a player, draw a card if that player has more cards in hand than each other player. Then you create a treasure token if that player controls more lands than each other player then you gain three life if that player has more life than each other player.
1: So what Myriad does, it makes a copy of the attacking creature when it's attacking. So every combat, this guy's basically attacking for 12, kind of four for each of your opponents, and you're getting one of each of those things. A treasure, uh, three life, and a a card draw. As
2: long as you're not the one on top of all of those things. That's
1: true. So you're getting that maximum is the best that you're
0: getting. As long as it gets through. Which, as a 4-4 flyer, it probably will.
2: Probably gonna get through. This is the best case of white catch-up mechanic? Ever. Yeah, uh, t-
1: I don't know. Maybe. What I like about this card so much is that it, along with the catch-up mechanic that is normally, eh, this also attacks your opponents for a bunch. Like, if you want to, we're getting closer and closer to being able to attack your opponents to death for real. And this is, I think, a step in that direction? I don't know. It's, it is a formatted thing that you have to attack with, and it doesn't win you the game when you attack with it. So... How good is it really? I don't know.
2: But I feel like a lot of those Timna value kind of creature decks might like something like this. Let's move on to the next one. Number six, Gale, Waterdeep Prodigy. This is two and a blue for a 1-3 legendary creature human wizard. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand, you may cast up to one target card of the other type from your graveyard. If a spell cast from your graveyard this way would be put into your graveyard, exile it instead.
0: This this card is pretty good on its face, but um, as, since it has the choose the background feature, it's definitely only good with a couple backgrounds. And there's one in particular that is definitely like what you want to pair it with.
2: So we're going to be looking at Scion of Hallister. This is a legendary enchantment background. It costs one and a black. Commander creatures you own have the first time you would draw a card each turn. Instead, look at the top two cards of your library. Put one of them into your graveyard and the other back on top of your library, then draw a card.
1: Yes, so this one's really good
0: because it lets you be in Dimir and also lets you fill up your graveyard for what your commander's trying to do. Exactly. All of your cantrips are good, so on and so forth. Also, take note that this is not just your first draw of your turn. This is your first draw on any turn. So if you have a Ristic Study, if you have a Mystic Remora, if you have a Ledger Shredder uh there's a reasonable chance that you're going to be able to fill your graveyard reasonably quickly so it definitely synergizes with this commander very well i also like this card with high tide and with
1: tutors and really just with any spells Instance and sorceries this card is good being able to cast your spells more than once is really good especially casting tutors more than once is really good so maybe this card will see play
2: seems like it's a really good value engine even just on its own right i mean you can cast it from your command zone off of an island and a mana crypt it gets even better when you have that background in play because you get to kind of fuel yourself from the command zone.
0: I, I'm also thrilled because I think this might be the first time that I can justify a leyline of anticipation in a CEDH deck, and which is a pet card. Because if your sorceries are instant speed, this gets so much better. That's true. So right much right? better. So That's you're good. definitely running Emergence Zone and I hope. I hope. You're running Leyland of Anticipation because that could be pretty sweet.
2: Number five, Storm King's Thunder. This is X a red, red, red for an instant, and it says when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell X times. You may choose new targets for the copies. Holy shit!
1: So in CDH, I like this card with Kark and Sakashima Maybe it might be a little bit of a, an over the top. Um, what's that called? Like a- win more? Win more. might be a little bit of a win more. Um, but even with something as little as Rite of Flame or as great as jessica's will this can like really allow you to like chain through your deck especially if you're copying it and returning it to your hand you can really start to i think churn and win the game through this um but it, it might just be a little bit of a, a win more in in casual edh you can the things that you can copy with this thing are endless i mean if you have enough mana and extra turns and whatever whatever it can do a ton but
2: number four Wild Magic Surge. This is a red and a red for an instant. Destroy target permanent and opponent controls. And then it says, its controller reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a permanent card that shares a card type with that permanent. They put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of their library in any order. Oh, that's why it's a red card.
1: This is like a CDH Chaos Warp, in my opinion. This is like a better Chaos Warp, I think. Sometimes it might bite you in the ass, I guess, but more often than not, it's going to be really good. Like if you can destroy their Underworld Breach and like they get a. Mystic or more like yeah Mystic or more still good but they're not winning the game so that's pretty nice this is kind of like the mono red assassin's trophy I probably would play assassin's trophy over this because the land is better than another permanent probably but in decks that are outside of black green or have a hard time dealing with permanents like Godot anything mono red this is going to be an all-star
0: in I cannot wait for the game inevitably sometime when you hit someone into their underworld breach and just ruin their combo because they flip the underworld breach off of resolving this that would be so sick. I think
2: as long as you're smart about it, it's only gonna be good. Like if you as long as you don't target Urza so that they can polymorph into something yeah. for them. Like don't win in the game. Right, like there are scenarios where like you know not to do it. So like as long as you're just like aware and you know exactly what you need to target down, this could be a humongous upgrade for red. Number three! Archivist of Agma. This is one in a white for a two-two creature halfling cleric. A a hobbit cleric? It has flash, and whenever an opponent searches their library, you gain one life and draw a card.
1: When I first read this card, I stopped for a second at Gain of Life, and I laughed. I was like, of course that's what it does to Gain Life. And you keep reading, it's a draw card. Wow, this card actually might be pretty good. I think this card is actually uh, Fetchlands, Tutors. Fetchlands is the big one. I, th- this card can draw you a couple cards, probably not a ton, because realistically, if your opponents are tutoring a lot, they're probably like winning the game if they're searching the library a bunch. But if you're counting just like the Fetchlands, this could potentially draw one or two cards a turn on a flash body in a rule of law type of deck that you're looking to spend. Base out your spells. Um, I think this card is, is going to pull its weight. How do you feel safe
2: as an Anala player when Archivist of Agma is in play?
0: Yeah, the number of combo lines that require searching libraries is pretty darn high. I think this is very strong for sure. Um, it's, it's no Ledger Shredder, but it's, it's one of those two minute cards that I think is just going to see play, period.
1: It, it's, it's definitely interesting because I think it's obviously worse than Opposition Agent, probably worse than Aven Mind Sensor 2. I think it's probably on par with like Esper Sentinel type effects. Esper Sentinel is a one mana creature, which is a big difference, but this has flash. We could do the pros and cons forever. Um, Either way, I think this is in the ballpark of playable and I expect to see it. Where
2: are we at about putting this in like every mono white deck? Like does every Uh, single mono white deck want this? Probably. Maybe Teshard doesn't want
1: this, like close your eyes, mono white decks might not want this, but I think any deck that's like looking to hang around a couple turns.
2: Heliod.
0: Yeah, I think Heliod probably wants this effect. Repeatable card draw for cheap and white, is just hard to come by. Of course, of course it's getting played.
2: Number two displacer kitten this is three and a blue for a two two creature cat beast it has avoidance (laughs) whenever you cast a non-creature spell exile up to one target non-land permanent you control then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control
1: i've been hearing this one called paradox engine which is kind of fun and cute i like that Um, Obviously, it's no Paradox Engine, but the effect that it does is in the same, I guess, ballpark of things that are good, perhaps. Um, I I like this with things like um, Spellseeker and... Any type of, like, cheap, like, Mox Amber, like, rocks that you don't have to expend, um, like, a cost when they enter. Like, Mox Diamond, this is not good with because you have to discard another card. But um, Mana Rocks that can come back in and, and float more mana um, with Cantrips. I, I don't know exactly what this card does yet,
0: but the effect seems powerful enough that I, I, I know it's got to be something. Venser. Venser. This card on its own is not necessarily good enough that you just start throwing Venser index at four mana, but it's close Dylan you were just talking the other day to Ken on Twitter from Stacked EDH about like yeah. this
2: card in uh Krark decks even too. Yeah,
1: things with Clark that you're like an uh, Eldritch evolving or neoforming, you can copy that Eldritch evolution with Clark potentially and you can flicker things multiple times. Um I, I I think then it gets it gets pretty good.
2: And our number one card from Commander Legends Boulders Gate for CEDH, Abdel Adrian Gorion's Ward. This is four and a white for a legendary creature, human warrior. When Abdel enters the battlefield, exile any number of other non-land permanents you control until Abdel leaves the battlefield. Create a 1-1 white soldier creature token for each permanent exiled this way. It is a 4-4, and you get to choose a background.
1: This is the White World Gorger Dragon. This does the exact same thing that Worldgorger Dragon does. If you can cast an animate dead with this in your graveyard, it will allow you to flicker all of your, not exactly the same thing, you need a mana rock, so it doesn't flicker your lands, I'm pretty sure. Correct. Um, So you do need a little bit extra, but the risk is not as risky as Worldgorger because this one won't exile all of your permanents, so that's pretty good. It's a lower mana cost, so that's also good. it does the same thing as World of Dragon, essentially, and World Gorger already sees play, which is why
0: I'm putting it as my number one. Yeah, definitely just an obvious replacement for the things World Gorger does, which is already a very strong combo. You know, not, not the strongest, but close. Um, but definitely going to be in your 99 the vast majority of the time. If it's not, if you are determined to play this in the command zone, then you're going to need to do it with the background. Um, Agent of the Iron Throne.
2: It's two and a black for a uh, legendary enchantment background, and it says commander creatures you own have whenever an artifact or creature you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, each opponent loses one life.
0: Agent of the Iron Throne is, I I think, the only background that lets you immediately convert this into a win um, if you get the combo going, but then you're going to have to jump through the hoops of getting it from your command zone to your graveyard. You may want to run some of that stuff already, village rights, or, you know... Uh, sacrifice, that kind of thing, but uh, it, it definitely is harder than just having it in your 99.
1: I also really like Abdel in uh, Thrasios, Timna, Razakats strategies. I think this is um, this is definitely going to see in that deck. That deck already exists and is already reanimating things and is already using Leon and Relic sometimes, so I think this is a card that we'll see play in there.
2: That's kind of perfect, yeah. Instead yeah. of just like having to sacrifice creatures and search for your win, you just make infinite mana and then draw your whole deck and then win that way with Thrasios. And
1: to be fair, all of of these cards, um, the exact order of which one is the best and which one is the tenth and the first, who fucking knows? We, we don't know. This is a rough estimate of the cards that I think we all think will see some type of play in CDH. Um, but besides these cards, do you guys have any closing thoughts on like the set as a whole? I think it would be really difficult to smother someone with a rug.
0: I just want to be very clear about that. They're heavy. They're clumpy. The,
2: the rug is designed for smothering though, so like, they the thread count is significantly more like <laughs> It's much closer together and it's like heavier, right? Like it's.
0: Someone wove this rug and said to themselves, someone's gonna kill a motherfucker with this thing. <laughs>
2: they had to test it out, right? Quality control was like, you can't sell this one. We have to recall all of these rugs.
0: Patreon, TCG Player, Ultra Sleeves, Dragon Shield play
2: 2 MTG.com. Thanks for watching. See you next
0: time. Smothering Rogue.
2: Specific thank you shout out to our $50 patrons.
1: Jackoff McGiff, Isaiah Berliski, Michael Lyon, Le- Lion, I don't know why I can't say that word, Kyle Levenberg, Tyrese Maxi, George Allen, Byron Wang, C, Hwajia Hamid, Anime, titties, Jacob Depp, Reese Ucker, Unforeseen God, CZ, Michael Ballou, Jan Wildfang, Adrian Grimm, Sleepy Jarvis, Swampy McGee, Peter Larson, Nocturnal Beaver, Mags, Ugly, Moxfield, and Baby Jeebus. Thanks, so. all. I do want to mention the dragons, the elder dragons that have some insane effect when you roll a d20 on them. Number one, why the fuck aren't those things legendary? They're elder dragons, the format's commander after elder dragon, highlander, the EDH, like that was such a big miss. But I think the red one and the blue one that make treasures and draw cards equal to the amount that you roll a d20 on, you're gonna get like 10 cards or treasures each time you go on estimate. That's not gonna probably do anything in CDH because you're gonna have to get an eight mana creature in play, way to turn in and attack just for some cards and treasure, not
0: good. But in casual, big good effect. I, I will say just because it's a big creature with a big effect, the blue one's actually pretty close on Kinnan. I don't think it beats out any of those top yeah, top slots. I always slots, forget that Kinnan
1: can do that. And honestly, maybe Magda wants the red one. CDH is getting weird, so I really don't know. We could be completely wrong in this entire list, and I- it's all ten mana creatures that make that are good in CDH now.